Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus. Together, we are The Minimalists. Welcome to episode 54 of The Minimalist Podcast. Today, we're going to do a quickie episode, and we're going to talk about our friend Stan. It's one of our our best friends uh, who we've known, who we knew for a long time. He passed away three years ago this month mm. and uh, young man how old was he he was 36 Good and, and so he was four years older than both of us but it seems especially close to to us right now because you and i will both be 36 this year yeah later in the year and so january 2014 is is when he died and i remember getting that news and i was just i was shocked we, Me too. we were just starting this tour and it was our first city yeah, it was, our, it was our very first city. And so I wrote an essay about it that the night I got the news and uh, we put it up on our website. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. I was hoping to read that and then Ryan, maybe you and I could have a conversation about the life that, that Stan lived and, and the lessons that we got from, from his life because his was a, a profound, albeit too short, life for sure. This, uh, this essay is called Live Like Stan. The traffic light hanging above our car is a blur of red. Tears are burning my eyes. Ryan is seated in the passenger seat next to me. He, too, is teary-eyed. It's the eve of our big, hundred-city book tour. The Florida sun has already set behind the Tampa Bay. Nightfall is upon us now. By the time the traffic light changes, it's just a mess of wet green, a shapeless emerald cloud spilling into the nighttime ether. I received the call a moment earlier. The news, a week after Ryan avoided his own death, which we can talk about in a moment. Uh, The week after Ryan avoided his own death, one of my closest friends, Stanley Dukes, is dead. This isn't going to be easy to write. Overwhelmed with unanswerable questions, I feel a canyon of sorrow. I can't see past the tears. He was only 36 years old. So I'm compelled to pin a thousand cliches. Life is too short. Every day is a gift. You never know when you're going to go, so live your life to the fullest. While these truisms are apt, the truth is that Stan lived more in his three and a half decades than most people could in a hundred years. Stanley Dukes was a Mozart of positive living. And so his attenuated life was not in vain. Of course, this doesn't erase the pain, but it makes it easier to handle. We met in the corporate world a decade ago. At first, when I was a regional manager, Stan worked for me as a store manager. But he was so talented. He added so much value to so many lives that I often felt as though I worked for him. Although he managed dozens of employees, his genius was most pronounced in his ability to inspire people who were not self-motivated, which, if you know anything about leading people, is sort of like convincing water to be less wet. But somehow, he did it, always carrying with him a smile and his positive mental attitude. As a result, he was one of the most successful managers in the entire company. Over time... We became close friends. We shared similar values and beliefs, as well as tastes in literature and movies and music. I traded him overwrought short stories for his hilarious, pseudonymous, erotic fiction. 
we exchanged lines from Glengarry Glen Ross characters, and we both shared a healthy obsession for John Mayer's music. We became so close that he is even the first person to make an appearance in my memoir, Everything That Remains, where he pops his huge, lovable head into the very first page. And here's a, an excerpt from, from that book. Our identities are shaped by the costumes we wear. I am seated in a cramped conference room surrounded by ghosts in shirt sleeves and pleated trousers. There are 35, maybe 40 people here, middle managers, the lot of us, mostly Caucasian, mostly male, all oozing apathy. The group's median complexion is that of an agoraphobe. A Microsoft Excel spreadsheet is projected onto an oversized canvas pulled from the ceiling at the front of the room. The canvas is flimsy and cracked and is the shade of off-white that suggests it's a relic from a time when employees were allowed to smoke indoors. The rest of the room is aggressively white. The walls are white. The ceiling is white. The people are white, as if all cut from the same materials. Well, everyone except Stan, seated at the back of the room. Cincinnati's population is 45% black, but Stan is part of our company's single-digit percentage. His comments, though rarely solicited by executives, are often dismissed with a nod and a pained smile. Although he's the size of an NFL linebacker, Stan is a paragon of kindness. But that doesn't stop me from secretly hoping that one day he'll get fed up with the patronizing grins and make it his duty to reformat one of the boss's fish-eyed faces. Of course, Stan would... And now we're back to the, the text here, back to the essay. Of course, Stan wouldn't have touched a hair on any of their balding heads. He was above that. He was above all the petty BS we get caught up in every day. He was above living life based on other people's standards. His standards were too high for that. He had character. Stan contributed beyond himself. Each year at Christmas time, he dressed up as Stanta and handed out gifts to our employees. He spent many off hours donating his time to soup kitchens and Habitat for Humanity. And last year, he founded a mentorship conference for young men ages 13 to 18. Stan cared. When I decided to leave the corporate world three years ago, he didn't flinch. Instead, he was the first to join me. We walked away together, guided by solidarity and a kinship that's impossible to manufacture. Before I moved to Montana, we met for coffee weekly. Our visits yielded heartfelt advice on women and life, as well as arguments over which John Mayer album was best. He said it was uh, battle studies, and I said it was heavier things. So I don't know if you agree or disagree with either of those, but <laughs> I feel that I'm right. Uh, everything about Stan reflected a profound truth. Even his simple tweets were steeped in profundity. Here's a, a selection of some of his tweets that I have here. A man can't walk out of his own story. That one was like the most painful for me, Ryan. Like just, just it was. I think it was his final tweet, actually. Wow. Um, uh, let's see. Secure your own mask before assisting others. Uh, and he, he lived that, by the way. I mean, he, he helped other people first. Or he helped, him, he helped other people, but he, he made sure his life was together first and then helped other people, rather. Yeah, yeah. Um, next tweet was, there's a bright spot in every shadow. Uh, next tweet was, it's the bitter and the sweet. I know the bitter, and that allows me to appreciate the sweet. Mm. Uh, next tweet, only your actions can prove your worth. 
They tell people who you are. And then uh, this other one here. This one was, was simple, but so true. Don't drown in conformity. And Sam definitely didn't conform. It's the reason he decided to leave the corporate world yeah. uh, with me. Uh, let's finish this essay here. It's almost over. Uh, countless essays on this site were inspired by my conversation with, with Stan. Our final conversation was mimetic of his life. It was short but meaningful. Three days before Thanksgiving, I sent him a message. I said, I don't have to wait until th- Thursday to be thankful for you. I'm grateful you're in my life every day. To which he replied succinctly, thanks for that. Please know that I feel the same. Stan lived until he died. He truly lived every day. Not like most of us who walk through life like it's some kind of dress rehearsal, worrying about BS that doesn't matter. Nope. Stan was alive. One of the only people I know who didn't take this life for granted. If there's a lesson to be learned here, it's that, like Stan, we're all going to die. But few of us will ever be courageous enough to live as he did. Honest, well-rounded, passionate, positive, and constantly improving. Above all, Stan Dukes was good people. A man I aspire to live like. That green blur overhead is my signal to step on the gas, to wipe the tears and move forward. Perhaps you'll do likewise. I know Stan would. It's hard for me to read that, man. Um, yeah, no, it was hard for me to hear it. I mean, it's... <clears throat> I think about him a lot. I, this would have, I don't think I would have those emotions three years later, man, but... He, he still shows up in dreams a lot for me. Yeah. Um, you and I have talked about this in the yeah, past, yeah. at least privately, but, man, he was such a good friend, and I can't help but think, like, if he was still around, he'd be out here in, in Montana with us. He probably would be, I, yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain of it, and... Um, you know, we we would be able to. He he was he was so good at, at at helping other people, especially people who, as I said in the essay, who who were sort of uninspired. He inspired the uninspirable, in a way, and he did so in a way. Like I remember some of the people that worked for him. He had a way of just telling it how it was, without coddling them, mm-hmm. but but helping them see that there was a brighter future for them if they wanted to embrace that. Yeah, I hate to admit this. But he was on the floor more, like when I say on the floor, he was on the sales floor, like on the front lines working with his guys more than any other manager that I, that I saw, including myself. Mm-hmm. I was probably number two. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but no, I, um, I really respected him for that. And so he was one of the most supportive people I've, I've ever known. Yeah. Um, I, I was like, you know, as you're reading that, I'm reminiscing about my times with Stan and, uh, God, he just has been he was with us through everything with me through everything like you know my 25 year old year old self antics uh-huh. uh him and I were were always out you know chasing girls and you know whatever uh-huh um but then you know later in life you know uh when we started the minimalist and stuff i mean he was there to to support me in in that way as well he was it's funny cuz i t- often talk about people who i stopped hanging out with because they were just my drinking buddies or they were like, you know, my, my going out buddies. And it wasn't like I stopped going out with them because I didn't like him anymore. I just didn't want to have those habits. Well, like Stan was not one of those guys. Like he was one of those guys who, uh, he, he, I was like, 
yeah, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm, I'm going to try and incorporate other habits in my life. And mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, me too. And I remember like having this conversation with him and, um, I was like, yeah, you know, like I really want to get healthier. And he, yeah, I've been thinking about doing this juice fast. And like he's, he's a, fr- I think I have done juice fast before that, but the longest juice fast I have ever been on, it was because of Stan. Mm-hmm. Like he challenged me for 10 days. Um, we, uh, we were there to like support each other. I was going, uh, I was looking at our texts the other day. I don't know why they came up, but, uh, but yeah, I was looking just kind of like reminiscing um, conversations we had. And I was just like going through that, that stent of where, uh, we were on that juice fast, and I was like, "If it was not for Stan, I don't think I would have made it ten days." Yeah, 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 man. It's uh, I think about so he died because he had a heart attack at age thirty six, and yeah. he was a big guy, NFL linebacker size guy, and uh, he had heart heart problems. Even though, and he was living a, a very healthy life when, when he yeah. died. He, he I mean, made, to the point of the juice fast, like he was going out of his way to like exercise and like eat healthy. He did another juice fast after that ten day juice fast. Uh huh. Like a week or so later, and I was like, "Dude, you're crazy." <laughs> <laughs> and I, he was just such an example uh, for me of uh, not getting caught up in the minutia, embracing the minutia. For I mean, we all have to check email uh, if that's part of our life, or we'll hop on social media, but not getting buried by the minutia. And so he would he would embrace those things, and 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 it's not that he completely eschewed technology or anything like that. It was it was the opposite. He embraced it and he moved on from it. He didn't let it control his life. Mm. He he let it be tools in his own life. And mm. I learned so many lessons from him. Like I said, early on, the first several years, first, what, three years of, of the website, really, a lot of that was inspired by conversations that you and I had had with him. You know, we, he and I would meet at press in Dayton, Ohio, every week mm-hmm. and just sit there in the back and trade stories and... And I found I found it to be inspirational because we were on the same same wavelength, and so it was a pedagogical relationship. I felt like I was teaching him, and he was teaching me at the same time. And, and when you've got that yin and the yang, where, where you're both learning and you're both teaching, it it, it just feels it, it feels amazing. And I, I'm so sad to, to see him gone, and I still think about him all the time. And I I mean I wish he was back here, but I can tell you this I. I look at his life as a template for for living my own in a way and and realizing that my god we're all going to die we're going to go and, and and the question is can I live my best life right now with all the troubles I have the health issues I have with with any of the issues that we have in our life can we embrace the life for what it is the life that we have and live that best version of it because eventually it'll be gone altogether. No matter what you leave, believe in, in uh, about you know the afterlife or whatever, this life is is going to be gone. And so, can we make the best of it while we're here? Yeah. Well, I think this is the best one of the best ways we can uh, honor Stan. Yeah. Is uh, yeah sharing memories like this. I'm really glad that we decided to to do this. Yeah, me too. So. I think now's uh, probably a good place to end it, Sean. We can uh we can go from here.